this weather changes get to my throat. <laughs> Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Revelation, chapter 13. We're continuing on in that great book. And this chapter is probably uh, the one that's the most dismaying to most people who read the book of Revelation. Um, it's a kind of mysterious. It, it, it's, it's not uh, widely understood. There are different interpretations of it. And it's one of the things that causes fear and even superstition um, among believers and among people in general. And um, I hope that I can you know, explain you know, what it is. Uh, and, you know, I, it, a lot of revelation is still a mystery. There, there's not one single right interpretation. And we don't really know how it's going to be fulfilled until it is fulfilled, until it, until it happens. But we're being warned ahead of time um, of what to look for and what we can understand and, and know what's going to happen at the end of time when uh, God prepares to come back into the world and set up His kingdom in a final glorious way. And so I, my, my encouragement to you through all this is to not fear. Especially if you're on the winning team as we've been talking about. Because we know in the end that Christ conquers and that we are His people. He will not let us be destroyed. And though our flesh may be destroyed, our souls belong to Christ always. If we hold on to Him in faith and believe in Him and, and not falter in the midst of such pressures that come. Revelation chapter 13 says this, And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads, with ten diadems on its horns, and blasphemous names on its heads. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard, its feet were like a bear's, its mouth was like a lion's. And to it the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed. And the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast, and they, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, and who can fight against it? And the beast was given a mouth, uttering haughty and blasphemous words, and it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. It opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming His name and His dwelling, <clears throat> that is, those who dwell in heaven. Also it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. And authority was given over the tribe, given it over every tribe and people and language and nation. And all who dwell on the earth will worship it. Everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world and the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to be taken captive to through captivity he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, and with the sword he must be slain, here is a call for endurance and faith of the saints. Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. And by the signs that it was allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on the earth, telling them to make an image 
for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast might even speak, and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Also, it causes all, both great, small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand and on the forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark, that is, the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. Let's pray. Lord, we just ask God that you'd give us an understanding and help us, Lord, to um, receive your word, Father God. Not, not my words, Lord, but the word of your holy scriptures. And help me, Lord, as I try to expound on it today. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Oppression has been a part of governments from the very beginning. And, and we're seeing that right now. It's, it's, it's Russian oppression in our own country that has led them to attack other countries in this way. Uh, there, there's oppression in, in, in a lot of these small, smaller countries where there is uh, not democracy, but uh, one person rule. Um, how, whatever form that takes, there, there has uh, always been oppression in, in the world in some way or another. It's the nature of human beings to oppress the weak. And, and, and it's sad when this happens, and oppression continues on today. Uh, those who are pushing you know, their, their own agendas for their own gain um, push that over against others and, and, and try to oppress them. And there's a lot of injustice going, along, going around in the world, a lot of hatred, and those kinds of things. So this um, oppression mentioned here in Revelation 13 is nothing new, but it is on a grander scale of, of, of what's happening with, with, with the world domination, so to speak. And so people, you know, um, will be under the thumb of this wicked ruler for some, for some time. For a short time, it says here. And as the text says, though, this calls for endurance on the parts of the saints. This calls for wisdom on the parts of the saints. This calls for faith in God. And so we, we need God more and more each and every day, if nothing else, because of what uh, this the revelation predicts is going to happen. But even, even more so, I think we're going to need each other as believers, as we go along. I think it's great that we mentioned this morning that we're, I'm glad we're all back together. We're all here. And I thank the Lord for that. That's going to become even more important as the days go on. <clears throat> Well, as I said, you know, Revelation is not all about the future. Uh, the first four um, seals were um, from the time of Christ up until um, the last days on earth. And, and the last three um, um, seals talk about what's going to happen at the end of time and what God does in response uh, to the saints. We've talked about it. Uh, it talks about um, the souls under the altar being the martyrs on earth crying out to God for justice. And God's response is, is to hurl down His uh, judgment on uh, the wicked, those who have come up against the saints. And, and the saints are going to be sealed during this period and protected, but, but they aren't protected from martyrdom. You have to remember that. They're not protected from martyrdom. 
but, but the saints on earth who, who remain are going to be sealed by God and then He's going to pour down His judgment on, on the wicked dwellers of the earth. That was in the first four seals. It covers the whole wide period from Christ until the end. Well, and then the trumpets come along and uh, you know those are more specifically about what God's going to do to, to the wicked on earth in response to the saints' prayers. But all, some of that needs explanation. So, so John is going, going back here and beginning in, in chapter 12, he goes back to the beginning. He talks about the coming of Christ. He he's, he's talks about how the dragon, which is Satan, um, tries to destroy the Christ child, which we know has happened in history. Christ came to earth. He came as a man to suffer and die for our sins. The devil tried to destroy him through agents like Herod and Pilate and, and, and even the chief priests um, of, that, of that day, the Pharisees. The devil tried to destroy the Christ. He was uh, crucified, which seemed like his defeat. But what happened to Christ? We know that he has risen again in victory. And that he rose again to conquer sin and death. And then John is revealed the, the spiritual side of this. What was happening in heaven, uh, there, there was a war in heaven that happened along with Calvary. Um, where, where Jesus suffered and died on the cross, there was a war in heaven in which Michael the archangel um, kicked out the dragon, removed him from his place, removed his angels that have followed him, so that they no longer have any place before God. And, and they cannot stand anymore to accuse um, the saints day and night. So uh, Jesus' cross um, gave us a turning point in the, in the history of the world, but there was a spiritual side to this that we did not see, and that's the devil being cast down to the earth, and he continues to cause chaos today. And so the dragon turns his attention to the people of Israel and tries to wipe them out. And we know the whole history of the Jews and, and, and the, what we call the diaspora, which means that the Jews were driven out of their homeland by the Romans in AD 70. That they existed in, in Europe for, for um, thousands of years. And, and even during all that time, um, people have sought to destroy the Jews. They, they, they've sought to wipe them out. They've, they've tried to drive them out of countries. Uh, you know, Russia drove them out of, of the Ukraine um, in, in the early part of the 19th century. And then Hitler... Um, exterminated six million of them, and but 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 they're still around because why? Because they're God's people, <laughs> and so we we and, and it, the drag it talks about the dragon's failure to destroy the children of God, and then it says at the end of chapter twelve he turns his attention to the saints, the other believers who followed God's commands, who followed Jesus Christ. He's turning his attention and his rage on them. So what's happening here in the book of in chapter 13 is that the dragon calls forth this beast out of the sea, which, which is referring to the chaos of the nations, the sea. He calls forth someone to um, give this guy power and authority so that he can go out and deceive the nations. And it says, even if, and if it was possible to deceive the saints... And this guy is, 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 is said to be like a great beast. He said he had a, um, that he had, and the beast that I saw was like a leopard. Its feet was like a bear's and its mouth was like a lion's. 
Um, if you know anything about the book of Daniel, Daniel describes four great empires that, that come about um, after the time of the exile, after they return the, to the homeland. He, he predicts the, the Greeks and the Romans coming, but he describes each one of those empires as great beasts. Well, now here they are combined into one person, meaning there's going to be um, one day some great worldwide empire that takes over everything, and there's a figurehead to this, and he is the beast, and, and, and the devil gives him power and great authority. And really what's happening here is it, it, it's a mockery of the Holy Trinity. It's a mockery of the Holy Trinity. Evil making a mockery of God and who He is. Because you've got the dragon, which is the devil himself. You've got his agent, this, this beast. And he takes on um, sort of the, um, the power and authority of Christ, so to speak. He imitates Christ on earth. He, he, is, he is incarnated. He, he's a human being who has been controlled, being controlled by, by this dragon, this devil. And it says that he even gets a mortal wound and is almost killed, um, but, but, he, but he's revived after the mortal wound. Just, just like Jesus Christ was killed and was risen again. It's a mockery. What we have here is, is an unholy trinity being formed by the devil in order to deceive people on the earth. Now it talks about the people of the earth and it then talks about the saints. We have to understand that when the Bible talks about the people of the earth, it's not talking about everyone. It's talking about those who have rejected God. The people of the earth are those who have rejected God in life. They have rejected Jesus Christ. They have refused to give their hearts and lives to Him. Then we have the saints, those who believe in Christ, who have been faithful to Him, who have given their hearts and lives to, to Him. It says the people of the earth will come to look at this great world leader who is a mockery of Christ, who, who has power and great authority, and, and, and they'll believe everything that he says. Uh, they, they, they'll, they'll fall hook, line, and sinker for it. And he's going to get control of, of the economic system, apparently. That's, that's what it talks about here. And, and, and he's, he's going to cause all kinds of great chaos. And it's not the first time in history that that, that sort of thing has happened. Uh, John's image here of, of this terrible leader comes from his own perspectives on emperor worship. Some of you may have, have heard about the emperor Caligula and how crazy he was, how insane he was. Most of the time, um, emperors were not deified until after their deaths, but Caligula wanted worship of himself from his people and so he set up his set up images of himself while he was still alive in, in various temples across the Roman Empire and wanted to be worshipped. Even worse than Caligula comes uh, Emperor Nero who we know how evil he was. He was one of the first to really persecute Christians. He blamed them for the burning of Rome which he caused himself and uh, he went after them and, and persecuted and martyred many of the saints. Uh, he, 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 he was the one that put the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter to death. Nero was a very terrible man who persecuted the Christians. And then when he committed suicide, uh, there was civil war in Rome. 
And then the next emperor comes along, Vespasian, and he sends his son Titus to be the general. And this is when the Jewish revolt begins around AD 70. And Titus comes in, he wipes out uh, the, the nation, destroys Jerusalem, takes the temple apart brick by brick. And so all of, you know, it's not just future that's in view here. But John is, is speaking from his own context. He has seen these kinds of things happen in the Roman Empire. Emperor worship, martyrdom of the saints. But now at the end of history, this becomes a worldwide persecution, a worldwide authoritarian government that takes over with, with, with a figurehead um, who sets himself up to be just like Jesus Christ. And then there's the, the second beast that comes up that tries to lead people into worship of the beast. And, and he's you know, just as bad as, as the first beast. He comes in and, and says, look, we're, we're creating a, a new worldwide religion for this beast. And everyone's going to be called to bow down and worship him. And he, he, he points, there, points them to and, and demands worship of the beast. And he also demands worship of the dragon, Satan. I mean, can you imagine uh, there being Satan worshipers? I think there's a lot more Satan worshipers than, than we realize. Um, some of the leaders of the progressive movement, uh, I, I, know, I know of one author at least who starts off his, his book with, um, uh, as a dedication to the chief rebel, Satan. <laughs> um, and that, that, I'm not trying to be political here when I say this. I mean, uh, you know, not all progressives are like that. But, but, but there, there are some people who are interested in, in authoritarian control and oppression that, that are um, worshiping the devil himself and what he was able to accomplish, what he was able to do. And it, it's, it's, it's a terrible thing that even today that that's happening. But anyway, this second beast kind of acts like the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the one the gift that Christ gave us after His execution and after His crucifixion and after His resurrection. He had to ascend back to heaven, He, he said, and, and when He was here on earth. He had to ascend back to heaven. He had to go so that the Holy Spirit could come and fill all believers. So that when there was no temple to go and worship to anymore, we would become the temple of God. And every believer becomes the temple of God. And the Holy Spirit takes up residence within us and, and guides us and leads us and teaches us and inspires us to worship Jesus Christ and God who are the only ones worthy of worship because of their goodness and their love and their holiness and, 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 and their sovereignty. The Holy Spirit is, is, is the agent is, is the, the third person of the Trinity who comes and leads people in, in to worship and to serve God. And now here's the mockery of the Holy Spirit, the, sec, the second beast that comes and demands the worship of the first beast who has come. And, he say, and it gets to where that if you don't bow down to Him, you're not going to be able to buy or sell or do anything. And then this thing about... Um, a mark on their forehead or forehead or on their hand. Um, no one knows what that is really. But it's also a mockery of the seal of the Holy Spirit on people. 
because God has, has, has seals his saints during this period. He puts his mark on them. The mark of, of, of God is, is the Holy Spirit's presence within us. In mockery, this, the, the dragon and, and the beast and, and the, this second beast, which I call the false prophet, you know, forces people that you've got you've to have this tattoo or mark or whatever it is either on your hand or on your forehead. And some people have speculated over the years what that might be. Back in the 70s, uh, they said, well, it's got to be these UP codes, universal pricing codes that, that you see on the sides of boxes and all this stuff. Some people have said, oh, it's going to be um, a, a microchip that they implant in the skin. I don't know how that's going to happen. And I'm not going to sit here and try to speculate on that. I think part of this is a great mystery, and, 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 but we don't need to worry about it if we remain faithful to Christ in our hearts and, and refuse to worship this beast. And, you know, the sad thing is, and, and this is the main point I want to make about this passage, is here in verse 10 where it says, or beginning at verse 9 actually, it says, If anyone has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to be taken captive to, to captivity, he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword he must be slain. Here is a call for endurance and faith of the saints. The reason John is, is being shown this, the reason John is being given this, is not just about predictions of the future and what might happen, or given a vision of, of this unholy trinity that's coming about. Every prophecy has to do with the current generation in which the prophet lives. <laughs> John is living in a time when the churches needed encouragement because they were under persecution from guys like uh, Caligula, Nero, and, and even Vespasian. They were, they were under persecution. Uh, and and, and even, even the Jews of that day, the Jewish leadership, um, were against the Christians. They, they, they kicked them out of synagogues, and so they had to go form house churches and those kinds of things. That there was a separation um, there um, forced by, by the, um, the Jews of, that, of those days. Um, you know, they were being pure, persecuted in, in their day. And, and John even, even warns the church um, at, at, at a Pergamum that um, persecution was coming for them and that they needed to be ready for that. And they needed to endure in faith. He's telling his own churches uh, there, there in Asia that he's addressing. This calls for endurance and a faith of the saints. He's calling us today, by reading this today in your, in your, in your presence, before these events ever take place, we, we, I don't think these events have taken place yet. I don't even know if we're close to th these events taking place yet. Because I haven't seen one world leader rise from the ashes, so to speak. I mean, we are in, in a sea of chaos among the nations right now, I will say that. I, I, I don't know if we, we're even close to seeing a worldwide government coming about yet, like the one they're talking about here. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> or, or seeing is believing, so to speak. I mean, I, I, it's not that I don't believe it's going to happen, but until I see it happen, I'm not going to say it's happening. And I, I don't know how far off in the future this is going to be. I think some of these 
websites that you go to with all these prophecy websites that, that you see and all these prophecy shows, they, 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 they read you the headlines and say, oh, okay, this is a perfect fulfillment of what's happening in Revelation 13. Putin is the Antichrist. Biden is the Antichrist. The Pope is the Antichrist. Um, and, and they've been doing that since um, the very beginning. Martin Luther believed that the Pope was the Antichrist. That, that was back in the 1500s. <laughs> I don't know how that, any of that's going to be fulfilled. But what I do know is that we need to in, have endurance and faith in Jesus Christ. We need endurance and faith of Jesus Christ. Even now in, in, in the midst of our own crises that we're having. Even now in, in, in the midst of COVID and, and other things that are happening. And in the midst of what we call cancel culture where a group of authoritarians with, with, with megaphones are shouting us down because we're believers in Jesus Christ. And, and, and because um, we, we stand for certain values. Because we have a strong stance that homosexuality is a sin. And that our church will not ordain homosexuals. Or marry or have same-sex marriage. I don't believe the Bible allows that. Now, it does say that we are to love all people. It does say that we are to love sinners. It does say that, that we are to uh, be witnesses to them and bring them into His kingdom and to offer the truth and love to them. But we cannot say that sin is okay in, in any way, shape, or form. And we have to be consistent on, on that sin. And homosexuality is but one issue but because um, we, our culture is, is so engrossed with it right now, um, we're facing backlash and, and marginalization because um, of our stances on that. Stances that we've had from the beginning for 2,000 years. And some cultures are, some churches, I mean, are compromising with, with, with that culture and going with it and saying that, that that's okay. That, that is a falling away, folks. That is a collapsing. That is a lack of endurance. <laughs> what we need is endurance and faith in Christ if we're going to make it through the hard times. And especially in the future when these last days begin. We're going to need each other and we're going to need God. And my question to you today is have you... Um, given your heart and life to the one true Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the three in one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One divine, one divine essence, yet three distinct persons who exist and work together, co-equal, co-eternal in power, who live in a bond of love and of holiness. When John, the writer of Revelation, writes in his earlier letters, he says, God is love. It's out there on our sign right now. And that doesn't mean that God's touchy-feely. It means that He exists as a bond of love between three divine persons and one divine essence. Love is 
his whole existence. Love is, is who he is. God is a community within himself in which the three persons love each other. We need to hold on to faith in that. We need to hold on to that. Because it, it, when we, we, we accept Christ, Christ is, is the bridge between us and that, that holy community that exists in the Trinity. And this is why Jesus said the two greatest commandments are to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. We need to hold on to, to that. We need to hold on to Jesus Christ. We need to give our lives to Him. And by giving our lives to Him, we'll find that He wants us to turn outward to other people. And so, we need to hold on to each other and endure as well. We need to love each other and serve each other and lift each other up as you are already doing, but as we need to continue it all the more when we see the day of the Lord coming. These warnings, these predictions are warnings for us today, not just what's going to happen in the future, but for us today to hold on to faith in Christ and endure through the hardships so that we come out on the other side. And, and, and we're not promised our physical life in this. We have to understand this too. We're never promised our physical life. But if we hold on in faith, our inner life, our soul, everything that we are belongs to God. And, and, one, and if we hold on to Him, even physical death is nothing but a transition to a new life. And even, even after that, our physical bodies are going to be raised incorruptible, the Bible tells us. Just like Christ was raised incorruptible, we're going to be raised incorruptible. And, and our soul and our flesh will come back together in a new glorified body. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. That is our victory. That is being on the winning team. And I want you to ask yourself, am I on that winning team still? Maybe, maybe you've never accepted Christ as your Savior and you want to accept Him now. Because you, you know that, I need, that you need God in your life. That you need His Son, Jesus Christ, at the center of your life so that you can make it through the suffering that's coming in, in, this, in this life. And maybe you already have accepted Christ as your Savior. But you're looking at the suffering in, in, in this world and, and in this life and you're becoming dejected and defeated. Now is your time to cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, I, I, I do need you and I need your help. Help me, Lord. First of all, forgive me of, of my faults. Forgive me of my sins. And then help me, Lord, to live for you. But also, Lord, help me to make it through these hard times that I'm going through. Let's stand.